Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the League of Legends Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, as usual, Mr. Steve Jacobs, alongside my now co-host, not really a guest anymore. He's been with us for the last two weeks. Um, You've all requested him. Uh, You said he's better than some other co-hosts that will remain unnamed. Um, It's Mr. Dinnerford. Welcome back to Thanks for having me back again. I'm glad everyone enjoys the uh, Steve and Derek show. Yeah. Speaking of uh, people not enjoying their weeks, last week, um, the <laughs> absurd amount of 100-point performances that is consistently being put up every single week um, is kind of scary. And for all of you who trashed my team and said that I put up sub-100 weeks for two weeks... Um, there's a lot of you that have done way worse than I have in recent memory. So, yeah, I mean, this week I could blame a teeny bit of it on buy because I think Paul scores a little more than 100 if he's not on buy. But uh, Kirk, I don't know. That's just Kirk's team. <laughs> we've we've talked a lot about unfixable teams, and yeah, unfortunately, he's 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 one of them. We'll we'll get into Kirk's team here in a little yeah, yeah. bit. We'll get there. Um, Diving into recaps, though, uh, myself and Rachel, I hate, I'll, I'm going to put it out there, uh, Matt, I hate you. You probably are the reason I lost last week. That trade you made with Rachel, I didn't do the math. I didn't check uh, the players that you gave her to the players that she would have had, but pretty sure I might have won last week had it not been for that trade. Um, so I hate you. Um, Rachel put up points that usually are not there. Um, she finished with... She was like a top three team last week. I absolutely wanted to jump off a bridge. Um, she had six touchdowns from her from her guys. So that's a lot. Two from Zeke, who she didn't have pre- previously. Um, it was just bad. Uh, I'm done with Brady. He he. I should have been done with him last week and the week before. And I kept putting out hope that he was going to get it done, and just can't. So he's out. Welcome to the team, Daniel Jones. Um, and also losing Hall. That was another gut punch last week. So it was just a bad week for Steve. Um, probably karma for me dumping on Rachel's team week after week after week. But I think most of it is because of Matt. Yeah, I wouldn't blame too much of it on Matt, to be honest. Because, I mean, Taylor and Barkley had very similar points. And, yeah, Zeke did pop off. But Herbert was on her bench with 15 points. And if she never traded it, she probably would have had to play Herbert. Which is yeah, it makes me feel a little different. better. Like so, I said, I didn't do the math. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a little closer, but I think she still would have squeaked it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like, too, for you, it, it was definitely a big blow losing Hall because he went down so early in that game and was, like, going absolutely bonkers. Like, I feel like he could have scored 30-plus if he stayed in the whole game. So Brady it, really it definitely hurt. hurts for you because you got so far behind early in the season on points with the the bad games that like you can't afford to lose some of these weeks you should win because you still have hard matchups coming up. I believe you still have to play Vinny again. You got to play Johnny again. It's like when you get you. chances, yeah, it, with your two of your better players on by as well. So like, it definitely sucks to lose yeah, one that you should win when you have three of the top six teams still coming down the pipeline and you haven't scored enough points this year to hang your head on that. So this week for you is going to be a big one. You, I feel like you have to win almost not. It's not a literal must win, but it's, it's close. No, I mean, I'm only 
only one game behind the wild card, so I'm not I'm not out of it by any stretch. No, not even close. Um, but but yeah, you that, can't. But I'm saying if you Brady, you, if you say we're to lose two of those three coming up, that's gonna put you in a bad spot. And yeah, I mean Brady, I feel like it it probably needed to happen a little earlier. It just like makes no sense when you look at his stats, right? The ball, he threw the ball forty nine times and put up eleven fantasy points. That's like so it's almost impossibly bad. So like in a certain sense, I feel he like hasn't maybe he'll just 20. turn it around, but. Five out of the seven weeks, he's been sub twenty. That's bad. Yeah. Well, and the thing with him is he is the, all his points come and from he's touchdowns. Still quarterback twelve. I don't understand how he's still quarterback twelve. That makes no sense. Because there haven't been a lot of good quarterbacks this year. <laughs> Having a t- he's almost so a top ten at, quarterback, and he's infuriating yeah. tone. Yeah. This is the thing. If you look at recent years, so if you would have said five years ago, hey, you need to draft a quarterback early, one of those top two or three guys. You'd be, you're insane. You don't need to do that. There's so many guys you could just stream and play based on matchups, yada, yada, yada. Well, the last few years, Allen and Mahomes specifically, but also Lamar Jackson sprinkled in there, have really separated themselves out where having one of those guys actually makes a huge difference. If you have someone like how I have, I have Josh Allen who's going to put up 35 to 40 points and the other guy might only get 20 or 21. I mean, you're starting at such a massive advantage because a lot of these other quarterbacks, when you look at Brady, I mean, he's the quarterback 12. And well, how many points is he averaging a game? He's averaging 15 points a game. And he's quarterback 12. Awesome. That's absolute trash. Like, it's actually kind of nuts when you look at how low scoring the quarterback position has been outside of, like, Mahomes and Allen, basically. So, I think it was a long time coming. He has basically no upside outside of touchdowns. I know it's funny to say anything about Daniel Jones in comparison with Brady because that's obviously a joke, but at least he has rushing upside. I mean, Daniel Jones doesn't look like the the rushing athlete, but the man runs the ball. Hopefully my $50 is well spent. Yeah, Uh, that seems like a bit much, but you know, it it can't hurt. He can't. It was a bit much, but I don't think he can't be worth. I knew 50 was going to do it. Yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, on to Matt and Tim. Um, the return of Dak was it was mediocre. I mean, it was the first game back. When the run game is doing so well for Dallas, um, there's not a whole need to pass, uh, and that's what happened. Uh, Dak didn't really drop back too much in pass. Uh, it's when you get like almost 200 yards on the ground from Zeke and Pollard, um, and I'm sure they were being conservative with his first game back, but um, it was a mediocre performance. On the other side, I mean, Tim has six straight losses. Uh, One-time, two-time champ has now completely checked out of fantasy. Not the Tim we usually get. Um, And again, for Matt, it's hard to keep up with his team when he trades every other day. So the thing I'd talk about on this podcast probably won't be on his team next week. It's very possible. But, I mean, he's turned his season around again. He's won three in a row. He did the same thing last year. Started off slow, made some good trades, and got himself in a spot where he was a. At least last year he was a juggernaut. This year he's at least a contending roster. But yeah, I mean, Tim. I mean, he's lucky. Tim he has played had Tim, some bad he played, luck. If he played over half the team if teams in the league, he would have lost. Yeah, I mean, it, that's just kind of how it goes. I mean, I've had so many weeks like that where it's like. Hey, I was in the top half, lost, top half, lost, top half, lost. And, you know, That's sometimes true. you just get lucky. And, I mean, for, for Tim, though, his team is 
he's definitely had some bad luck, but he's also had a lot of self-inflicted stuff too. Not like as he chose it, but just isn't like his team not performing well. Like he's won his first week with 147 over me, and he's also lost scoring 135, 122, 120, which is not a lot of points, but like that's borderline top six most weeks. If you look at our, our league, the last four weeks, our league average is 123 points as a league average. So most weeks he's right around league average and has got losses. So, I mean, some of it is he's had injuries, you know, with DeAndre Swift, he's had injuries. He's had guys on bye this week. Elijah Mitchell went down early, but he's also just had a bunch of guys who just are underperforming this year. Like Dalvin Cook is just not the guy he was before. You know, Swift, he's been out. You know, Pittman has been extremely up and down. You know, I know he had a lot of hope for Gallup this week. Did absolutely nothing. Deontay Johnson, just not the guy <laughs> he used to be. Like, it's just a bunch of guys. Yeah, it's just a bunch of guys who just are not what he thought they were going to be. Kind of a similar situation to Rachel, like we talked about last week, where, you know, they have players that other people would have wanted, and it just hasn't worked out. And at this point, he is just so unbelievably far behind. It's over. Like, sucks to say, but the Burkhardt household is uh they've crumbled and they've they fell off and they're not they're not coming back this year. Better luck next year, Burkhardt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least Rachel is trying. Like we've talked about with her and Kirk's teams, like they're unfixable, right? Well, at least Kirk or at least Rachel <laughs> is trying to fix it. She made a trade with with Matt, which I actually think was a good trade for her. I think it was a good trade for Matt too, but I I think it helped some of her issues she was having. So I think her team is better moving forward. I don't think it's not bottom two still, but it's at least better than it was. Like she can actually yeah. have Tim's a team not, that does what he did this week. But Tim, if, the problem with Tim is like, even if his team performs like he wanted it to start the year, he's so far behind. It's impossible to get in on record. He's so far behind in points scored. Like it's borderline impossible at this point for him to come back. Just trying to play spoiler at the end of the season. Yep. Pretty much. And get a better draft pick. I mean, if his team can turn it around and, and he can win the the loser bracket. You know, fourth pick is Get no that joke. Third spot. That's, yeah. So I mean, it's it's worth still you know keeping your head in it and making moves. Yep, and that's why we have that. All that, but yeah, um, tough tough loss for him for sure. Another or sub one hundred week for him too, which he hadn't had. So it's kind of the nail to in the, his uh, <laughs> Welcome to uh, the vacation home that Kirk has built. Yeah, and for Matt's <laughs> team, real quick, because I don't want to just ignore his team. Um, I think he's got some good pieces. I am a little worried about some of them. Um, I do think he upgraded at tight end, which is nice for him. I am really worried about Debo Samuel, though, with McCaffrey there. Uh, I'm worried about Lazard because that offense stinks horribly. Honestly, I'm worried about Prescott because I think they're going to run more this year than they usually do, especially when they get ahead. And, uh, you know, CEH, I said it before the week, so it's exactly – it's kind of hilarious how it happened. I said – I have so little faith in CH. I said, I think even if he scores a touchdown, he'll score less than 10 points. And he scored a touchdown and scored nine. So, like, he does have question marks on his team, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, it looks I, like Pacheco is going to be taking over the yeah, backfield for Quote, now. unquote, taking over a three-man backfield. There's not really taking yeah. over a three-man backfield. It's just everyone's going to continue scoring 10 or less. <laughs> not a backfield but, you want to But own. good win for him. He really needed it because if he had lost that to, to Tim, he would have been in a bad spot at three and four. So good win for Matt. That's true. Uh, moving on to Vinny and Sean. Um, Vinny, I'm just going to put it out there, has the best wide receiver class this year by far 
I mean, Chase, Lamb, Hopkins, and now the emergence of Godwin, who even though the Bucks stink, Godwin is still going to get probably 10 to 12 targets. A million targets. <laughs> Those four wide receivers are beating any wide receivers in this league. I'm, I'm, that, that's a scary four wide receivers right there. And then you couple that with Mahomes and Fortnite, even though he had a down week, Pollard. This is a scary, scary team if they stay healthy. Um, I knew going into the week that he was going to beat Sean. There wasn't any question there. Um, Sean's two rookie running backs um, are going to compete for rookie of the year. They're both playing out of their mind right now. Two of the hottest running backs in the NFL right now. Um, Same with Chris Olave, another rookie. Sean has. I didn't realize how many rookies Sean. Rookie squad, yeah. The rookie squad because you got Rashad Rashad, White on his bench too. I was saying Rashad White, another rookie. So the rookie squad over here, um, still four and three, still in the playoffs hunt for sure, um, but just ran into an absolute juggernaut. I mean, he put up a buck twenty nine, but didn't get any production from Lamar, which I was shocked. That was what killed him. I didn't see that happening. I thought Lamar was going to at least put up 20, um, in which case still would have lost. But um, Very close. It's not that Sean's team didn't perform. It's just Vinny just has that much better of a team. Yeah, well, there was two big things for me. Number one, Lamar Jackson, absolute dud. You would think on a normal Jackson week, even on a down week, it would be you know, low 20s. And then he got really unlucky that Metcalf <clears throat> got hurt so early in the game because – Metcalf would have probably had a pretty decent game seeing as they scored 37 points against the Chargers. So it would have been extremely close if you have a normal Lamar Jackson week and you have Metcalf not go down. So, I mean, Sean still has a really good team. And the nice thing for him is his running backs have absolutely bonkers volume. I mean, Kenneth Walker, 23 touches. Damian Pierce, 24 touches. Like, that is the absolute golden dream for running backs. So he has no worries about his running backs. The only thing is, is Lamar Jackson going to figure it out? Which I think he will. I think that's kind of silly to assume he wouldn't. And then um, when he can get Canaan Allen back. So that's the thing. Like, his team is still loaded. Like, I really like It's Sean's still a top a four team, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's top four. And honestly, when you hit that top four, when I look at those teams, they're kind of like uh, all in the same tier. Like, I don't look at them as, like, Sean's team is just so much worse than Vinny's team, which I have a number one. It's right there. Like, we're talking about, you know, one to two points, three three points yeah. maybe. Like, they're all kind of level with each other. So, I thought it was a great matchup. I thought that Vinny's team basically performed exactly how I thought and apparently how Sleeper thought because he was only two points over projection. The big thing for Sean was just Metcalf getting hurt and Jackson not having a Jackson style of days but his team's gonna be fine yeah you, 10, 10 more match. points from both of those guys and you win that game That's game yep exactly you win that game um barry and yourself uh, again not a matchup that i had any problems predicting as you as yourself did it as well this yeah. i said last week it was one of the most lopsided matchups um and it was one of the most lopsided matchups those top three guys this not including andrews that was the whole Burrow, time. Burrow, Eckler, and Stevenson. <laughs> just any if Andrews did anything remotely close to what he does, you would have got absolutely even more obliterated. But those three, I wasn't too worried about Andrews because I th- was surprised he even played. So Burrow probably took Andrews' points. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. but those top three guys are are playing out of their mind right now. Um, Eckler and Stevenson, um, probably 
one of the best running back crews in the league. If I had to just quickly assume, um, and with the emergence of Harris back in the lineup, um, I talked about it a little earlier before the podcast. I don't see Harris really hurting Stevenson too much. Uh, maybe four or five less points, but Stevenson's still going to get his. Um, so I don't really see that being much of an issue for him, especially with how hot Stevenson has been. Yeah, I, I actually do have a little more concern for Stevenson. I don't think he's going to get eight catches a game. Like that's an absolute outlier if you look at like just his career number one but also just this season like it is not not normal for him to get that many targets like if you look at the rest of his season he has two targets two targets five five two five and then eight out of nowhere so he almost doubled his like high end amount of targets so that was really nice does get harder it It gets harder and harris is also going to get more healthy and you know I'm not saying Stevenson's not a great asset going forward. I think he is. I think he's going to be one of those 12 to 14 point guys with touchdown upside in an offense that wants to run because their quarterbacks kind of stink. So he still has a lot of value. Eckler is obviously completely insane. Um, I think Ayuk, his usage is going to dip a little bit. Andrews is going to go up. We'll see what happens with Cooks. I'm actually curious with Cooks because I think he gets traded, so that could really help Barry a lot. And, uh, yeah, I like Barry's team a lot. I have Barry number two. We'll get to that with power rankings later. But his team, I actually think, is just as scary as, as Vinny's team because he's got kind of the similar floor, but I and, and basically the same upside, too. He just has so many big-time players on his team. But I was really actually proud of how my team showed up a little bit because I didn't have Josh Allen, didn't have Diggs, so I was worried about that. And so I was like, I really can't afford to have like a sub 100 week because my only chance of playoffs is scoring points. So I was extremely happy that my team put up 121 and went 15 over projection because I really thought there was a good shot I would go sub 100. So I'm keeping my my dreams alive here for sneaking in the playoffs on points off of this week. So shout out to myself yeah, we'll for believing into, in yeah. Travis Etienne. <laughs> and we'll get into the matchup with you and I later a little yeah. deeper, but. We knew that it was going to be a loss. Um, it just was yeah. how bad you were going to lose by. Right. And for me, it wasn't even how much I lost by. It was how many points my team scored. I really didn't even That's care true. if he scored 150, 160, whatever. Like I just wanted to score enough points to stay relevant in the point chase. So I was That's happy true. with it. Um, speaking of people that don't score a lot of points, um, the current landlord resident... Um, of the sub 100 timeshare vacation home, Mr. Kirk yeah. Miller. Um, it's, it's, it's there. I can't say anything. This, I mean, yes, you have McCaffrey. Yes, you have Evans, but that's it. That's the team. That's it. Um, and Evans it. value is down because uh, they don't score all the touchdowns. I only had a good week this week with 18 points, but like that yep, feels like his it. ceiling. I can't, that's the that's the words that I have. I'm not saying any more words about your team because yeah. it's not not worth it. Um, over to Johnny. Yeah. Uh, Just a lot of bad players and bad offenses. Yep, my breath has been wasted enough on your team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> over to Johnny's team. Big bounce back week, like I predicted. I knew that he was going to bounce back after um, a not so good sub 100, a rare sub 100 for Johnny. Uh, but back to where I think Johnny uh, lives. He lives around that 140, 150 range. If we look at how many points he's put up in the past um, six weeks before last week. And Jacobs, 
Um, we'll see. He got limited. He was limited today in practice, but it's Wednesday. Wednesday, I all think the he'll bets be fine. Kind of, yeah. All the bets sit. It's going to be whether or not he play, he practices full tomorrow and Friday. That man has been an absolute stud. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Aaron Jones surprisingly um, played out of his mind, um, even though they lost. Uh, One billion had, catches. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, a bajillion catches, which if you look at his running stats, his running stats were awful. So we'll see if yeah. that happens again. I doubt it. Um, but good bounce back for Johnny. Um, definitely needed it after the previous week. So we'll see if he continues on the upswing. Um, but that's kind of, unless you had anything else about that matchup, that matchup was poo-poo. Uh, I don't have a whole lot. The main thing for me with Johnny um, is I don't have anything to say about Kirk's team. But as far as Johnny's team, I feel like his season has been a, a very good indication of how his team is. He's going to score 160 or he's going to score under 100. He's he's hit under 100 twice and he's hit 160, 153 times. And so like when I look at his team, that's kind of how I view like the players on his team. It's like Derek Carr could have a good game or a bad game. Aaron Jones could score 28 or 5. You know, T. Higgins could score 15 or 5. Amari Cooper could could score 20 or nothing. You know, same with Montgomery. Like, he could give you a touchdown like he did this week and give you 12, or he might give you 5 or 6. You know, like, he says a lot of guys where it's like, if they all hit, he's scoring 150, 160, or at least, you know, if enough of them hit. And if they don't, he's just going to get smoked. So I I have a little less confidence in his team as I do those other – as far as the top four goes, he's kind of the – bottom part of the top four just because i feel like his team is so volatile it's like what are we getting today and uh, hopefully it's good for johnny's sake but we'll see it's a yeah, little it more scary last week yeah. and also too like as great as jacobs has been let's be real there's no chance jacobs is going to score 30 points a week he scored three straight weeks of over 30 like that's amazing he has looked like an absolute animal out there but we there's no chance coming. that an that injury, production is, is possible to keep up. I mean, I don't know. Jacobs is a year, weird Jacobs one for gets me. Injured. But this is the thing. Everyone thinks of Jacobs as being like an older running back, yada, yada, yada. He's one month older than Najee Harris. A month. Like he's not old. But he's been in the league longer. Gets absolutely obliterated every year. I don't know. He looks good out there, dude. When I watch him play, he does look good, but I'm you, just like, dude, just, this guy is a beast. I'm but yeah, I mean, I hope he doesn't get hurt because I, I like Johnny's team. I hope he keeps doing well. I just obviously I don't think that thirty plus points from anybody is sustainable besides maybe Josh Allen. So and Mahomes, we'll see. And maybe Mahomes. That's it. But yeah, so that's all I got for Johnny. But I like his team. It's just a little more up and down. Yep. Last matchup, uh, we we said it last week. It was going to be again who sucked less, and once again. Rob sucked less. The last three weeks, Barely. the man has averaged <laughs> 94 points, Rob. That is what you averaged, and 94 and points in the last three weeks. And you, and in o. person, told me how much I shit on your team. Maybe your team should play better. It's just not performing, so I will continue to dump piles of dog doo-doo on it. Okay? Do better, and I'll talk nicer about your team. The last four weeks... You have just sucked less than your opponent. Um, moving forward, I don't think that's going to be able to happen. Um, you have a squad that uh, is either injured or they just don't pass They're the ball, or they just, they, there's just a lot of questions with your team. 
Luckily, you played a team that didn't have their three juggernauts, which is the extent of Paul's team right now. Um, so, good job. You sucked less. I don't really have much positive things to say about your team right now. Yeah. I mean, the the main thing for him was obviously St. Brown got quote-unquote hurt. His concussion that wasn't a concussion. Which I mean, but even then, right? It so let's say ridiculous. let's let's what be extremely was... generous and say it, it, they said the way they he it. has his body reacted after getting hit in the head based on the new protocols, they couldn't let him back in the game. But he didn't have a concussion so because they're just being concussion. extra cautious, basically. So basically, he reacted poorly. No, he didn't have a concussion. He reacted poorly to getting hit in the head neck area, and they just out of caution kept him out of the game. But yeah, I mean, let's let's say we're super generous and give him twenty points. Then he scores 19 more, so he's 123. 123 is below league average, or it's right at league average. And that's assuming that your guy gets 20 points, which is asking kind of a lot. So against the Cowboys defense. I mean, I think even if we give you know St. Brown a great day of fantasy, he still just ends up as a league average team. Obviously, missing Miles Sanders didn't help, but I just have a lot of question marks. It's basically if St. Brown can stay healthy, great. If Adams can keep going, which I think he will, great. But, I mean, I think Damon Harris is blah. Drake London, they're only throwing 10 times a game. So, even if he gets a 50% target share, he's, he's getting five targets. You know, Wandell Robinson is nice. You know, it sucks he got hit in the nuts and missed half the game or whatever. But, you know, I just I just don't see a lot it's, of upside. Very, right? like Kamara, it's a very overrated 4-3. and three. If you look at the schedule, he's yeah, well, lost well, for sure. Johnny, and he knows Vinny, that. and Sean. Oh, the I mean, four he and knows three that. is such a not yeah. Good but I mean, he, he, the thing is, he needs his team to pick it up because he's only scored seven hundred and seventy-six points. To put that in perspective, that's eight points more than Rachel, and only twenty-three <laughs> point or twenty-something point, thirty points more than Kirk. So we're talking about over the course of seven weeks, he's averaged four points a game more than Kirk. Four. That's it. So like he his team has got to figure it out and it has to figure it out right now because he he basically has to win at least four out of the probably three out of the next four to feel pretty good about it. And if you're averaging ninety four points a game, that isn't gonna happen anymore. Like he's he's ran through the, the, the bottom end of the gauntlet there. I I have high hopes for Rob. I uh I hope that his top end of his team can carry him, but there's just his team has just got basically those top three guys, and that's about it. Like other than that, you're just really hoping. And for Paul, I mean, five first four or five weeks of the season, it was the Paul show. Paul was the king of the land, and now I look at his team, I'm just like, dude, Rogers kind of sucks. Jeff Wilson is garbage now because CMC's there. Kenyon Drake garbage. Claypool, I I'm not gonna say garbage, but whatever. Tyler Lockett, fine, but like not as your wide receiver. You know, I guess he's fine as wide receiver three. You know, Gibson is never going to give you 16 points again. You know, obviously he didn't have Cup or or Brown, which hurt him a lot. But I don't know. I just have a lot of worries because his running backs are so bad. Like, I don't even know who you play at running back if Connor is out. Like, you know, I, I feel like you have to run with Drake and... I don't even know Gibson, I guess, but like Kenyon Drake and Antonio Gibson has got to be like the least intimidating running back pair to go against in fantasy. And I mean, you do have Cooper Cup, you do have Jalen Hurts, you do have AJ Brown, but like even if those guys are giving you 
70 points a week. I mean, I don't see where your other six guys are going to make up the difference of trying to get, I mean, just to get to league average, you're talking about 10 to 12 points a game from all those guys. Like it's asking a lot of some of the names on, on that team. So I think for Paul, he went from being the, the king of the hill to on a good week being league average. So he's going to have to figure something out. True. Uh, well, that was your weekly recap um, on the studs and duds. Um, last week I said Godwin was a stud. That was the first Fail. time I've been wrong in a while. Fail. The man didn't stink. He didn't stink. He wasn't a stud. Uh, I think he put up like 11 or 12 points this week. Um, my stud of the week, I think he's going to get back to what he's been. I think he's going to have a performance rivaling week one. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's playing a very bad Washington front. Um, and I think he wants to have a good game himself coming off the eh for him week last week. So I think Jonathan Taylor um, gets back to that 25 to 30 range. Uh, I think he's going to put up monster numbers this week. That's my stud. I don't even remember who I picked as my stud last week. Do you remember? <laughs> I didn't write it down. So I remember who I picked for my dud, but I genuinely do not remember who I picked for my stud. No. I don't keep track of yours. I only keep track of mine. Well, we're skipping it. We're going into my my stud for this week, and that is Jalen Waddle. I think Jalen Waddle is going to absolutely. Waddle, 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 Waddle. Yeah. The Lions defense, as we all know, is trash. They're the worst defense in the league. And two is back. He's got another week under his belt now. Uh, I don't know what happened in the second half of that game, but Waddle in the first half had four catches for 88 yards. So he was basically catching a 20-yard pass every drive in the first half. And that was against the Steelers' defense, which also not great, but still better than the Lions' defense. And I think Lions the Lions' defense, offense... Look, yeah, they're giving up 20 was, points to wide receivers. Yeah. And so I think that the game is going to be closer because the Lions defense if if Swift is healthy I sorry the Lions offense if Swift is healthy and uh St. Brown is healthy they're going to score points too which is going to keep the game competitive. And so if the game is competitive I think Miami's throwing the ball and I think Waddle is going to absolutely pop off this week. I think he's going to give me a a 40 plus yard touchdown this week. That's what I'm calling. Surprisingly the Lions defense against wide receivers is not the worst. Um they're the 10th worst. Do you do you want to take a guess at who the the worst is? The worst against wide receivers specifically? Yep. Specifically uh, defenses against wide receivers. I honestly have no idea. I can't even guess. That would be the Atlanta Falcons giving up 29.3 points to opposing wide receivers. Well, I'm sure this last week getting destroyed by Chase Boyd and Higgins did not help. The three of them scored like 85 points this week. Not exaggerating. Actually, 85 points. And oddly enough, the Denver defense is the best against my receivers, only giving up only 10. That makes sense, actually. They have, well, until Darby went down, they have Sertain and Darby, which is like the best corner duo yeah. in the league. But you can Maybe they should have been the doing Eagles, but Yeah. But well, the only was... reason they've won games is because their defense gives up no points. The offense just can't score. Like, the defense is fine. <laughs> you can't Maybe Heinies Wilson will. Uh... Yeah, we'll get turbulence on the May flight. We got, yeah. I just, I have to comment on that really quick because I thought it was so funny. 
A, what kind of freaking troll works out for four hours in the aisle of a plane? Number one. While people are trying to sleep. And then follows that up. Yeah, while people are trying to sleep, number one. And then number two, goes out of his way to tell the media that, hey, by the way, I worked out and stretched for four hours on the plane. <laughs> Could you go ahead and spread that info out? I want people to know what I'm doing there's on a this reason plane. Why, like, what are you doing? Yeah, there is, there's a reason why your previous teammates don't like you. Not because you didn't give out your phone number. They had to go through your manager to get a hold of you, which no one is going to do. Um, I can only imagine what the Denver locker room is right now when he like tries to make a speech. Um, hey guys, huddle around. I think like, part of the reason, no. Yeah, I think part of the reason that they can't catch balls is because their eyes have rolled so far into the back of their head from watching him that they can't see the ball coming. That that's probably half the problem right there. Yeah. Well, Anyways, yeah. on to duds. Off that tangent. From one, from um, that dud into actual duds. And then from that dud to another dud. Uh, yeah. For me, it's going to be Damian Pierce. The man has been on fire the last four weeks. I think he comes back to earth. I think he scores sub ten, maybe around like the eightish range. Um, Tennessee's front um, is pretty good against running backs. Um, I do think that he has a slower week. Um, so that's my stud. Uh, Tennessee's only giving up around 13 and a half points to running back. So I think Mr. Pierce is going to have a rude awakening this week. Yeah, I can see that. My dud is going to be Aaron Jones. Um, RB10 of the season. I know he's kind of had a down year of some games, but he just popped off against Washington. But he's going up against Buffalo this week, and Buffalo has basically eaten every running back alive. That has second best defense against running backs. So I think that he is going to. First of all, I don't think the Packers are going to score very many points, so that's going to cut down touch and upside. And I just, I just, he's not very efficient in any of his other metrics. So I just, I can see a five point maybe a six-point performance from him this week. Yeah, so Buffalo's that's, that's defense is averaging 52 yards to opposing running backs. That's it. 52 yep. yards. Like I said, and it's not like they've faced horrible running backs either. They already played against uh, Derrick Henry. They went against the Chiefs, which I know individually they're not going to put up a lot. But like as a team, they just put up nothing. So it's not like we've been playing absolute garbage running backs. We went against the uh, the Ravens who love to run the ball. They did nothing either. So Mm-mm. I just this is one of those games where I can just see Aaron Jones completely vanishing. That makes sense. The only other team that's better by point two points is uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Um, and they've been down the Bills, because of all those injuries. But. Yeah, the Bills by far hold opponents. 52 yards is insane. Yeah. And the passing yards are also insane. Just don't give up big plays. So there's not a lot of yards to be had. But let's move on to these matchups for next week. Power rankings. See what we got. Um, oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Right. We got top six running through them. Vinny still sticking at one. Barry slotting up a couple from uh, three to two. Sean from four to three. Johnny with a bigger jump from six to four. Uh, Matt at five. And Paul, the big drop to six, all the way from two. That's my top six. Mine's pretty similar. I have Vinny at one, Barry at two, Johnny at three, Sean at four, Paul at five. And then 
it was kind of tough for me between me and Matt, but I did put myself ahead of Matt just because I've been, even with my players I'm by this week, I only scored a few points less than Matt. And for the season, I've outscored him. So I threw myself in at six. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to do that. You're the co-host. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bottom six, uh, I got yourself uh, up from eight to seven. Myself dropping one from seven to eight. Tim still at nine. Rob moving up from 11 to 10. Rachel moving out to the basement from 12 to 11. And your new basement leader um, for the foreseeable future, Mr. Landlord and permanent resident of the Sub 100 vacation home, Mr. Kirk. Yeah, basically the same for me. I have Matt, and then I have you, and then I have Tim, and then I have Rob, which I actually like Rob's team the rest of the season, but I can't power rank him ahead of Tim when he's scored under 100 like every week. And then I have Rachel, and then I have Kirk, which I used to have Kirk and Rachel in the basement as co-hosts of that absolute garbage, but uh, Kirk's in there alone now. Rachel made a move. I think her team's a little better, and, and Kirk can just enjoy the basement alone now. Enjoy the timeshare that you have bought yeah. <laughs> and uh, now permanently reside in. Yes, in a third world um, country. Yeah. <laughs> um, predictions for the week. Um, we'll start with myself and Derek, the two co-hosts of this wonderful podcast. Um, it's going to be tough for me this week. Um, just, I'm going to need guys that don't usually pop off to pop off. I'm going to need a random touchdown from Williams, maybe a random one from Thielen. Same thing with Peoples-Jones and Jones. Peoples-Jones and Jones. No relation. Um, There's just a lot of meh players um, that even if I score 120, it might not be enough. Um, Derek's team has the full squad back, uh, even though it's... Yeah, it's going to be tough for me. (laughs) I yeah, don't, I don't see myself. I, I would, I would say, if you had your full squad, if you had Kelsey and you had Juju, I think it'd be close. I do still think I would win, but I think it'd be close. But when I look at the matchups, like Josh Allen against Daniel Jones, that's laughable. Henderson and Williams, that feels like a wash. And as crazy as it sounds now, Etienne and Henry feels like a wash too, with Etienne being the big dog now. Um, and then your wide receivers, Thielen, Renfro. People's Jones and Zay Jones, like that's just as you worded it, a bunch of meh. Like yeah, that's the most meh four receivers. Room. And I mean, I'm mine. Obviously, I have Waddle and Diggs, which are amazing studs. And then, I, but for for Kirk and Pickens, it feels like also kind of Kirk's. I feel like is a little underrated, but those are guys that are also kind of meh. But I feel more. I feel like they're more likely to pop off than like a People's Jones or a Zay Jones. So like and watch this week not be the week that, that but, Pitts has like twenty points. Watch playing against me, yeah. you'll have twenty points from Pitts. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, the only way Pitts could score twenty points is if he caught three touchdowns because they're only gonna throw the ball twelve times. Because see, this is what I kept telling myself with Pitts, right? Eventually, he's gonna get the volume because they're gonna be trailing in games. They're gonna have to throw the ball. Well, they were losing by twenty-one points to the Bengals this week. And uh, they managed to throw 13 whole passes in that game. Yeah, like, positive game script. Almost, they said th- that almost feels like they hate throwing the ball. Like, even if it makes so much more sense to throw the ball, the game script says throw the ball, everything says throw the ball. You know what we're going to do? 
we're going to run the ball every play for the rest of this game. And, we and they care. have easy matchups. Like, they still have to play Carolina but twice. Chicago, yeah. Washington, Pittsburgh. I mean, they have easy games. Guarantee you, they won't throw the ball. They'll run it for the remainder of the year. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, basically... The last 2% of hope I have that Pitts is going to have a productive season is going to come in the next three weeks. If they play against teams like Carolina twice and these other guys and he's still getting three targets a game, then you know what? They made the really wise choice of picking a tight end in the top four and then a wide receiver in the top ten back-to-back drafts and then saying, you know what we're going to do? We're never going to throw the ball. Like let's put all of our draft capital into to Pitts and Drake London and then never throw it. That that sounds like an never. extremely nope. good plan for winning. But to get back to the Algier. actual matchup between us, yeah, well, let's run the ball with Algier and Core Daryl Patterson. Very uh, exciting people we have here to run the ball. But anyways, with our matchup, yeah, yeah, I I feel like I'm going to beat you. This for me though, it, it's kind of a similar feeling to last week. It's like. Obviously, I want to beat you because I want to win every week in fantasy, but it is significantly more important to me that I just score a lot of points. I don't care, honestly, if you beat me and you score 160 and I score 159. I'll just be happy I scored 159 because I'm trying to catch up oh, to great. these people we'll who are a little up. bit ahead of me, and I'm trying to stay ahead of the people who are behind me. So, like, obviously, I want to win, but I've already lost six times. Record ain't happening this year, which is extremely frustrating because I feel like I have a good team and I've had good weeks. I was actually looking at it today. League average was is 123 over the last four weeks. My team average is 128 over the last four weeks. And you know what my opponents have averaged the last four weeks? 144. So my opponents have averaged 21 <laughs> points more than league average over the last four weeks. And it's not better if you go further back than that. But like that's just the uh, insanity I've had to deal with this year. But yeah, for me, uh, I say I win a, probably by what 20. What grinds Derek's gears? Tune in yes, next time you what pisses Derek off. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I win. I think I probably win by at least 20. I hope my team performs really well and gets me a good bit of points. That's my goal. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Matt versus Vinny. Um, we'll see if Vinny can continue the uh, undefeated streak. Um, we have um it's gonna be closer than you think but i think i think the so, yeah. chase cd hopkins godwin matchups those four i think will outperform matt's saquon chubb um it's going to come down to matt's running backs versus vinnie's wide receivers uh, whichever mm-hmm. one of them those performs wins the game um i think the quarterbacks are a wash um the tight ends are a wash um no one cares about defenses, but it's going to go on the Matt's running backs and Vinny's wide receivers. Um, and I am leaning a little more towards Vinny's wide receivers because it's more of them than Matt's running backs. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's basically all comes down to those matchups. And the hard part for, for Matt is some of his fringe guys that he would really need to perform, like Alan Lazard, for example, he's going against Buffalo. He's just not going to have a good game. Like it's just not going to happen with the way the Packers have been playing and the way Buffalo's defense is, he's not going to have a good game. So like that would be someone he'd really have to have step up, step up. And then the other one with Debo, like they're going against the Rams, which have a pretty good defense, and he's going to have to compete with McCaffrey now because he has one of the lowest depth of targets in the league. He averages like four or five yards for his depth of target. You know who eats away at that? Running backs who catch the ball near the line of scrimmage. So like. Yep. 
I just feel like it's going to be probably close, but I feel like Vinny's probably going to put up about 145, and I feel like Matt's going to put up probably closer to 130. So like, I feel like it's one of those ones that's going to be close the majority of the day, but then I think that Vinny's team's going to pull away towards the end. But we'll see because he's got Chase on Monday night. So this I feel like it's going to be one of those games where Matt's probably going to be up by like 12 going into Monday or something like that. And he's like, oh, I just need Chase to just have one of those those games. That are, or he's going to be up by like, I don't know, 10. And he's going to have Chubb going and, and then against Chase. He's like, I just need Chubb to somehow score Chase by 10. I think I think I could do that. And then Chubb will score like 12 and Chase will score like 35. <laughs> and then it'll be over. Um, on to Sean and Rachel. Um, Sean, top 14. Rachel, bottom 14. Um, I think... It's going to be closer than people think. The matchups for Sean aren't very favorable. Damian Pierce going against a strong Tennessee. Uh, Kenneth Walker, the Giants have kept um, running backs at bay this year for the most part. Um, I think uh, Rachel, there's a lot of good matchups. I think it's going to come down to how well Mixon and Taylor do. I would even throw Hines in there. I would take Hunt out, to be honest. Although Zeke I would take Hunt out and I would throw play. Herbert in. I wouldn't throw Hines in. I'd throw Herbert in. Well, Herbert she might have to like throw Herbert magic. and Hines in because it doesn't. I mean, that's fair. It's not trending well for Zeke. Um, so you might have to play Herbert and Hines. And even with that, um, I think Sean still pulls it out with his tough matchups. Um, I think his team is a little too strong. I think the Tyler Boyd 40 bajillion points he got last week was a big outlier. Um, I don't think Mixon and Taylor have enough to beat. Sean's team, top 14. That's my opinion. No. I think that Sean wins this pretty, not handily, but at least by 10. Yeah, I think he wins by 10 to 15. I think he's going to go under his projection just a little bit, just because like literally every player on his team is in a tough matchup. So I just, and then Lamar Jackson is playing on Thursday with probably no Mark Andrews, no J.K. Dobbins. And so short weeks just tend to not go as well. So I think he's going to go under projection. So they probably only score like 120-ish. But I just don't see Rachel's team scoring 20 over her projection because Zeke might not play. And then if you're trying to play Taylor and Hines, that just feels bad. And then, I mean, Herbert's one of those guys where he could have a good game, but he also could have a terrible game, especially since they're playing against Dallas. So I think for Rachel, it's if she can somehow pull out enough magic to get to about that 120, I think 120 is, is going to be a realistic number if she wants to try to win. I mean, obviously Sean could score more than that, but I think that's where like the baseline is, and I just I don't know if her team can get there. So I'm going to pick Sean. I'm going to say he's going to win probably by like about 10, like that, like 125 to like 115 or something like that. Uh, on to Paul versus Kirk. Uh, we've talked about Kirk's team. It literally is just the Evans McCaffrey show, even though... Um, Evans, I don't think it's going to do much. McCaffrey's going up against a very strong Rams uh, defensive front. So that's and still it learning that. the offense. Paul and still learning the offense. Paul uh, isn't going to have to do much here. He's got the, the juggernauts back. Hurts, Brown, and Cup. Very easy matchups. Those three by themselves are probably going to put up 80 points. Not going to lie. Um, yeah, and then the rest like put it. up mediocre 5 to 10 points each. And Paul wins by 30. That's how this matchup goes. I think winning by 30 is probably the bottom end there. I think it could get even worse than that. I can see this being like a 140 to 90 type, type thing. I just, I look at Kirk's team. I just don't see how they even score 100 points. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, 
And this is this is full strength, basically. Like who? There's no one else coming in to save the day here. I mean, yeah, you picked up Van mm-hmm. Jefferson. Congratulations, but uh, yeah, I just this is to me is like yeah, a weekly sub one hundred. Yeah, I I think on Kurt's unfixable. best week, we've is, talked about is his because team, he, it's unfixable. Yeah, I mean, I I've sent him a lot of trades. I'm sure other people have too. And I know you don't want to lose McCaffrey for for less, but like most scenarios, right? You'd say you don't want to be on the the side of the two for one most of the time. But when you're playing a bunch of guys who are like borderline waiver wire guys and half your starting lineup is waiver wire guys, at a certain point you have to take other people's lower end starters. You have to start just so you can have upside. actual starter level players. You have to think like, about upside over the RB one. You have to start thinking about guys that can go off. Right, and it's just like. I don't know. And if you don't talk do about that, it, then feels unfixable. And yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point too, like if I'm him, he has no incentive to try to make another team better. Like he's not making the playoffs, and when he gets to the playoffs, he's not winning anything. Like loser playoffs, I mean, he's not winning anything. So like he has no incentive to trade anybody. Like it's different for like with Tim, right? Even Rachel a little bit, where it's like okay, they can at least try to get to loser playoffs, win the loser playoffs, and get a better pick. I feel like for Kirk, it's just like, who cares? Like, he's not going to do anything. Like, and even honestly, if he made a trade and, and sent McCaffrey to somebody for a couple guys, like, then what? You go from a sub 100 team to a 105 point team? Like, I don't even know what you do. So, like, at this point, I feel like you just play your guys, throw some darts on the waiver wire, and see what happens. Maybe you score 100 this week. It's true. But yeah, I uh, like, I like Paul's team, obviously, go. 40 points. Um, matchup of the week for me. Uh, two top four teams going at it, Barry versus Johnny. I think it's going to be a very close matchup. It's going to come down to Burrow on Monday night. Um, I think it's a matter of how well, um, again, Jones and Jacobs do. Um, he's got Jefferson back this week off the bye. Um, I think that's going to be a very good matchup for him going against an Arizona defense that has allowed a lot of points. Um, I think they're... Um, they're like middle of the road, giving up like 17 points to what wide receivers. Jefferson probably will put up 20 at least. Um, I think it's, again, going to come down to Burrow. I like Barry's top three a little bit more um, than Johnny's. But, again, it's going to be a very close matchup. I actually – so this is how I look at it. If we get Johnny's good team that plays well, Johnny's probably going by 30 or more. Because I know you said you like Barry's top three better, but I think Johnny's top three of Jacobs, Jefferson, and Higgins is really. I didn't realize Obviously, Eckler was on a buy, so I changed my mind. Right. Well, that's what I was just. That's what I was just about to say. Like, if Barry had Eckler, I think this game probably goes to Barry, even if Johnny's team has a better week. But with no Eckler, I just feel like even if if Johnny's team has like a little bit of guys who are off, I, I think he still pulls it out. Yeah, I, I think Barry is probably going to be in like the low 120s. So if you have one of Johnny's bad weeks, he could end up pulling out the win here. But if, if Johnny's team plays like I think it will, I do think Aaron Jones is going to put up an absolute stinker. But I think everyone else is kind of accurately projected there. So even if he gets like eight or nine under, I think Johnny scores around 130. And I think Barry is probably in the low 120s or, or in the like 115 range just because he gets so much from Eckler every week and without him i just i feel like it's too much 
Yeah, I agree. And then from the top four matchup to the bottom four matchup with Tim and Rob, two teams that are struggling. Uh, record says otherwise for Rob, but we know that the three losses were against the top four teams. So the records kind of would be similar um, had Rob not played easy matchups the past four weeks. Uh, so this is going to be another which team sucks less. Um, I do think there's a lot of question marks surrounding this one. It will Amara pass quote unquote, whatever it's called. It's not concussion protocol or whatever it is that he's in right now. If he comes out of that, he has a very, very nice matchup against Miami bottom 10 against wide receivers. They give up around 22 points to wide receivers. So I think Amara could definitely have a bounce back week. Um, Devonte Adams, same thing. New Orleans gives up 24 points to wide receivers. Um, so I think those two right there could put up monster weeks. Um, Pittman, new quarterback. I'm not sure how that's going to look. He is playing Washington, and Washington gives up a lot of points to wide receivers. But Sam Ellinger, no one knows what he's going to be like. He does have a lot of running upside, so that could take away from some targets for Pittman. Um, Melvin Gordon, we all know what he is. In London, who knows um, how he's going to play. Um, has the return of Swift. All the all the squats and the uh, <laughs> yeah, all the high knees that Wilson probably was doing <laughs> next to his plane seat probably irritated him. Um, DeAndre Swift coming back off the injury. Uh, there's a lot of question marks surrounding Tim, so I think I lean more towards Rob with the matchups this week. Yeah, I actually agree. I think. Well, I shouldn't say I agree. What I should say is, if Swift plays, then I think Tim can make it really close, especially if if. Um, Brown doesn't. St. Brown doesn't play somehow, which they said he didn't have a concussion, so I don't see why he wouldn't play. But if Swift is out, I don't think Tim has a chance at all. But if Swift is in, I think he can keep it close. And I know we like to pick on Rob's team and say if, if he can just suck less. But this matchup, I'm going to change it a little bit and say I actually think whichever team just plays better will win. Because I think both of these teams could score 140 this week, and I think both of these teams could score down close to 100 and it really just depends on who decides they want to show up today rob does have really good matchups with his receivers yes he has great matchups with his receivers which are his best players like his best players have good matchups so both of these guys have some guys who have really high upside both of them have like some guys who have really low downsides too like i don't know if gus gus edwards against tampa bay is gonna have a good game i would be shocked if Melvin Gordon has a good game. Deontay Johnson could have a good game against Philly or a terrible game against Philly. So, like, it's one of those ones where I feel like the, the team that finally shows up is going to win, and they have no excuses this week. There's nobody on Portland on by. I know that Rob could say, oh, well, Justin Herbert's out, but honestly, Justin Herbert and Jared Goff are the same to me. So there's no excuses this week. Nobody's on by. And Jared Goff does get a very good matchup with Miami. Yeah, Miami's like yeah. bottom five against quarterbacks. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like this week, there's no excuses. There's nobody on by. There's an actually pretty good chance that they have no injuries either. So this is full strength Tim versus full strength Rob. Let's see if Rob's team can finally prove it that he can earn a win instead of just falling face first into a win <laughs> by pure luck. So. This one, I'm actually, I know you said the last one was matchup of the week. I would have said that if Eckler was in, but I actually think this is matchup of the week as far as like the one that I think is going to be the closest. I think there's going to be a bunch that are not that close. I think this one is going to come right down to the last few points. Whether they both overperform or underperform or perform right at it, I think this one's going to be really close. But I'm, I'm going to say Rob wins, 
especially if Swift doesn't play. But either way, I think Rob wins. All right. Well, that was your uh, podcast. Everyone get out there and uh, do your high knees. Uh, make sure that you're ready for, for week eight. Um, do some squats at be, work. We are over, we're over halfway, which is a very weird thing to say. We're over halfway through the season. Um, we hit the halfway point last week. So we are in the second half of the season. So it's uh, balls to the wall here um, coming down the stretch. And it's anybody's game. Uh, other than Kirk, Kirk, you have <laughs> no game. Yes. Uh, but everyone get your matchups in. Um, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.